Welcome back to Building a Fighter. My name is Dr. Austin Shane. As always with me, badass strength coach Alex Friedman out of Denver, Colorado. I'm a sports chiropractor in Scottsdale, Arizona. So today we're going to be talking about our top five with a couple honorable mentions at the end, strength and conditioning and rehab equipment that we need in our clinic or in reality, what are the top five things if you have a garage gym you should be looking to get to get the most bang for your buck? So Alex, what's number one? Well, I mean, number one is we thought about the sled right away. So some type of sled that you can push with some weights on it. And that in our minds justifies a lot of general preparation work. It's a, it's a hybrid between you know metabolic conditioning, but also some strength work built in. Um, it's hugely uh, um, versatile. You can do, you do a lot of things with it, train a lot of different planes. Um, so I think a sled is pretty invaluable if your goal is to get the biggest bang for your buck out of your exercise equipment. Um, and that was something else that kind of bred this topic was a lot of fighters that we know are starting to, you know, create their own home gyms or want to train out of their own facilities, especially with Corona and all the lockdowns and everything. If you're going to purchase equipment and invest in your training that way, what are the, the smartest decisions that you can make? And we thought a sled right off the bat gives a, a lot of versatility within one object. So do you like the sleds that go on turf? So the flat bottom sleds, or I've also seen sleds with wheels. Which one do you like? I prefer with flat bottom. And I mean, just because there's a flat bottom doesn't mean great answer. Cause that was, that was the right answer. Yeah. I mean, I mean, (laughs) and just because it's shown on turf doesn't mean you have to push it on turf. Like you can push on asphalt and I mean, resistance goes differently and, and you'll, test it out and figure it out yourself. But on wheels is just kind of a cart. And that's almost, it seems like a gimmick to me. I've never. No. So I, I, well, I've, so I've used the one on wheels. We actually have it at fight ready. And it was purely just because that's what our strength coach inherited, not because that's what he wanted. And you could set the different resistance. You could set the quote unquote friction levels to try to mimic a, depending on what surface you're on, but something about pushing something on wheels, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's like, I feel like a lot more of a badass when I'm pushing something against friction and I'm like, oh, wheels, they make it so much easier. But I just don't like, I don't like the wheeled ones. I've I've never used one of those. Um, I I don't, I mean, maybe it's a little neater and cleaner for your 24 hour fitness, but um, not, not a fan. Uh, I I mean, I really like the plow prowlers. Um, They're kind of the tripod set up in the sled. Um, I like... I think rep fitness or Titan fitness has a a good one out that we use at our um, gym, but you can just modify the resistance based on how much weight you put on the sled and then bingo, you're good to go. Um, That's one of my favorite things. Um, And one of our building fighter athletes, Zach Tooley out there will know that I I love to program sled work for GPP and then for some strength endurance circuits or uh, sled medleys as I call them. So (laughs) what's what's a sled, what's a sled medley? entail um different variations of pushing and pulling the sled back to back or um one specific in my mind and i I probably have this in my mind because i did it preemptively to giving it to him just to test it out see how how much fun (laughs) it was and uh what i did i had an exercise with the kettlebell for eight to ten reps or whatever and then you would push the sled down and back different exercises with kettlebell, eight to 10 reps, pull the sled down and back different exercise with kettlebell. And this went on for maybe four minutes, two or, th- or three or four minutes straight of just 
straight lactic work, just burning everything out and then repeat that for two or three rounds, which is pretty brutal. You know what I've been, I've been doing myself and I haven't had the balls to program it in yet, but I really like them. The, the sled punches, like where you like push the sled mm-hmm. as a put, like you actually like throw or sled throws, I guess is the technical name, but like mm-hmm. when you're throwing the sled and then you come back up and you just fucking huck it again. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been doing those myself. I've just, I have never programmed them in just cause I haven't found time for utility, but I think that's a cool way to mix in a quote unquote open chain movement with the sled. Yeah. I think it's great for power work as well. Um, I mean, if you think about it, it's just, you know, creating horizontal force um yep. with, and you're just throwing the sled as far as you can uh we've been utilizing those for our rugby players specifically like i mean that's a perfect position to simulate a scrum or, or coming through a rook a ruck um our football players are especially our offensive linemen i mean that's money for them i mean that's what they're doing all day um but no it's it's a great method and you can also do pulls like say you attach a yeah. trx on the other sled yeah. side so i do oh, i do those all the time i fucking love those yeah, um, set up some resistance band to it, and then it becomes dynamic Dude, and repeatable. Those are nuts. It's like almost like a chaos method at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. a little bit elastic, but um, again, that just speaks again to the different qualities that you can train. We got we talked just about endurance. We talked about electric thresholds. We talked about power capabilities. We put enough weights on there. It's a sled stimulus for our march, like our strength stimulus. Excuse me. Again, versatile utilizable and i'll put some videos in the show notes about some of those exercises that we're talking about and you can see my my pretty mug perform the absolute best i can <laughs> thanks what's number two okay um you have the list homie i mean yeah and we're, and we're not going in any particular <laughs> order um and i have the list because i write things down and austin operates in a world of chaos where nothing gets written down it's true. I know them all. Oh, so if you know them all, but I have the list, what's number two, buddy? Number two is medicine balls. Why'd you say it like question? I was looking at you. It, was an, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a question. It was up talk. I was looking at you because I knew I was right. And I was waiting for you to realize that I was right. Bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit right away. But yeah, med balls. Uh, med balls good. Especially well, uh, specific. Um, we had a, I had a whole post on med balls the other day. Yeah. Specifically between like six and 18 pounds. I say six, we, our clinic is six to 15 and that works pretty well, but maybe the, the 18 to 20 can also, that has a separate range of stimulus, but yeah, I'm a big fan power work. You can get a little more specific to MMA, but, and you can also do a lot of metabolic work with them. Um, XD, um, Kevlar med balls are probably the best ones that I've ever used. Um, just as far as durability and feel and just kind of bounciness or spring into them. Um, again, I, those are almost always part of my power work, especially if we're getting into rotational power, transverse plane power is a big, uh, talk in the strength and conditioning field. How can we get out of the sagittal plane? Um, med balls are your ticket to ride there, you know, grab med ball and almost everything is rotational. Um, throwing a punch, taking a shot, you know, any type of ground game, it's all rotational power. And that's how your body creates force is through torque or creates power through torque. And those med balls train that way, almost the best out of any other tool in the weight room. Well, and they, we've talked about it before and I know I specifically have, but it's one of the only implements that you get to let go out of your hand. <laughs> like yeah. it's really hard to simulate top end power, top end force, and then also have to have something on top of you. 
you want to be able to let go of that implement just like you're letting go of a punch. If you want to generate power, that's that's one of the best ways to get over that like mental barrier of something else is there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think of that. Yeah, exactly. You said if I think about doing a bench press and a lot of times you can program power sets on the bench press but you're almost going to regulate that or auto regulate it within yourself. I have to stop and go less fast because I need to keep the bar in my hand. Right. And that's not a problem with the med balls. So I like that point. Right. Well, and I mean, you got to think about it. It's also, it doesn't have an eccentric phase. And for the most part, like you get to let go of it. There's really, there's really no recoil phase. It's not even eccentric. It's a recoil phase. Yeah. So, and that's like, like I was thinking, like, that's literally what I was thinking about with, was bench press versus med ball, like bench press. There's always a recoil phase, (laughs) whatever I drop down, I also have to pick back up and vice versa. So like, that's always in the back of my mind versus I don't have to worry about having to accept the force of the med ball. All I got to do is just throw it as fucking far as I can. Yeah. Or as hard into a wall as you can or into the ground or at Austin when he pisses you off. Um, I get a uh, dude. Just I actually, for you guys. Kamala Kirk, he listens to this every week. So he'll have the shout out. He almost put the met. We were doing, he's in his last week of his camp. He fights January. I don't know what Friday's actual date is. I think it's January 16th, but he fights January 16th. So about three weeks before this is taught or put, put into the ether. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we were doing med ball work. We were just doing triple hops into a push into a rotational mm-hmm. punch. Yeah. He almost put this fucking med ball through my face. Good. He threw it. So uh, like it just shockingly, I couldn't, I didn't realize how much force or power this guy could generate and not to, not to be like, Oh, he doesn't look powerful. But like, I was genuinely shocked at how fast it came at me. I didn't think that I had time to get my hands up. That's how fast it was. I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is cool. No. Yeah. That's uh, again, it's great. Um, the other thing with med balls that I would advocate for too, is, um, different sizes. I like, I like to mix up with the sizes. I know the 14 inch ball is common. Um, and that's where you can find any six to 18 pounder or whatever, but uh, the smaller balls, the 10 inch balls, I think those fit in the hand a lot easier and they give you a lot more mobility and, um, to get into those MMA specific drills. I really like those ones, dead balls. So balls filled with sand that literally don't bounce at all back at you. Um, those are great for absolute power drills. And then we can, I mean, we can even scale it up to like 18 to 20 inch balls that are almost like your Atlas stones or, um, and picking those up and those give you a, a little bit of a strength sense, but med balls in some capacity even if you just get a a 14 inch 12 pounder 10 pounder those are a a great home gym solution or a great versatile aspect to add into your repertoire well and then from the rehab side of things i love med balls so you could do weighted cars so i i typically use a lot of med ball you or have a lot of med ball use when i'm doing weighted cars so whether that's for your spine whether it's for your shoulders whether that's for holding that while you're doing a hip car it's a great way to load a different mobility movement. I also like it because for just rehab in general, by doing a squeeze, so it's almost like a, like a zercher position and that forces the load to be midline. And it also changes the way that you load. And it's typically not going to be an extremely high weight. So you don't have to worry about the thresh or like overloading the tissue. If you're using dumbbells in each hand, or you're doing a kettlebell in one hand or a front rack, it's, it's typically going to be okay for the shoulders because all you're doing is bringing your lats down and squeezing it to your chest. 
great for our combat sports population in the first place. And then also we add in whether we're doing like for knee pain, we're doing loaded lunges. If we're doing side lunges, if we're working with anything from the lower back and down, it's going to be a fantastic way to keep low load, but also have a midline load as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said before, XD official, I think they, they make great ones. Those are probably the highest quality that I've ever used, but also Dynamax and Rogue and everybody's got their metal out there, but it might be in top of the line is the XD ones. Do you get paid by them? I'm just trying very hard to get a sponsorship. Oh, okay. I was also, wondering in the, in the med ball post I made on Instagram, I tagged them about three times. So I'll, I'll give them a call. Try yeah, and make, some, make, I'll make some stuff happen. I'm sure you will. Um, next on the list is <laughs> kettlebells. Um, kettlebells again, extremely <laughs> versatile. We can use them in a variety of different ways. Um, Austin, you had said this earlier before we started recording. What are your optimal weights that we would order kettlebells at? Because I loaded up my cart the other day because I wanted to start training at home, and a full cart of kettlebells from nine pounds to about a hundred and twenty is two thousand dollars. So a lot of money. So what, what are the maybe two or three weights that we can isolate down um, for, for the combat sports population? I really like, I, I got to keep it at three just because I always want a low, medium, and high. So personally, I like 15, I like 35, and then I like 70. So all of those for me are great. That That's going to give you the most bang for your buck. If you're buying weight wise, the 15 is going to be great for our like isolated upper body movements are trying, trying to do isometric movements, whether it's like a kettlebell arm bar, whether it's like a, a bottoms up position, which is extremely popular for grip, but as well as shoulder stability. Um, you're not, I, I promise you right now, you're not doing bottoms up with a 35. And if you are, you're a massive human. So like for the most part, if you want to do any sort of bottoms up movement, you need a, a beneath 20, typically anywhere between 10 and 15. So 15 is a great number. 35 is going to be really, really good for our gob- Like if we're doing like low threshold work, if we're doing speed squats, stuff like that, 35 is going to be a fantastic use for speed squats for goblet, like goblet speed squats. If we want to do rear foot elevated split squats, um, if we want to do any sort of kettlebell dynamic movement. So if we're adding in kettlebell uh, snatches, kettlebell cleans, this is where we can implement that 35. Or if we're doing front rack carries, anything from a front rack, this is going to be a perfect weight for it. Then we get all the way up to 70 and we can add that in if we're doing any sort of like uh, loaded goblet, like any goblet squat in general, 70 is typically a pretty decent weight for an athletic individual. We can also do kettlebell swings with this. This is a high enough threshold to where it's going to make a difference for most people. If we're doing a power movement, whether that be kettlebell swing, whether it be one arm swing, whether that be uh, 70 pounds is a heavy ass one arm swing, um, whether, whether we're doing, uh, what else could we do? Honestly, we could do a lot of shit with a 70, like just, just straight kettlebell deadlifts too. And focusing on the d- dynamics between break, connecting the shoulder with the leg. So 15, 35, 70, those are going to be your best bang for your buck. Yeah, I am in complete agreement. Um, I think for all the exercises that Austin listed and for the benefits that we can elicit for them um, with the kettlebells, I mean, 70 pounds is more your power stuff. And I'm going to struggle to say things and not just repeat Austin because he succinctly talked about qualities and exercises. But uh, sorry, I just, I had a very like, I had, I had a, I just had a thought in my head. Just wanted to put it out there. It just so happened worked. Whatever. Um, but I kettlebells have been, I adopted in my training um, way, 
I don't know, go back in 2016, I guess. Um, but they've been a staple in my training of other people and my personal training. I think one, I think they're fun. I like to kind of get creative and try different things um, with the kettlebell and get it moving. But I mean, also it seems a little bit more intuitive for people to grab onto a kettlebell and start moving with it and hold it with the grips for whatever reason. Um, I think that it's also, it's a great starting place. Um, when we are first learning new exercises or for the elicited, the benefits that we want. Um, and I think that's why they, they've become so popular. Um, but no, I think that's exactly right that you can train up and down continuum. I personally would want to go a little heavier than 70, but that's the me as strength coach in me, I think. Uh, well, dude, the, we're doing bang for your buck. I was yeah. with 70. I'm thinking 70 is high enough, high enough to elicit a response, but low enough of a shipping cost. Yeah, just... no, they, they, they <laughs> climb up there. Every time you jump up in, in pounds, it's almost like three pounds for $10 um, in shipping. So. I just, for, for fuck's sake, I decided to look on for at the, what is it? The double beast, I think is the name of it. Strong first, like heaviest kettlebell. The what shipping, the shipping was one and a half times more than the <laughs> kettlebell. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't sound. So I'm paying 2.5 times for this, this equipment. I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to be that strong, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's worth it. <laughs> that's funny. Now, uh, Strong First is a great resource for learning kettlebell um, stuff. I know as practitioners, as a um, training condition coach or healthcare practitioner, it's a good resource for us. And, and um, I won't say that I've gone through the, the qualifications because there's some stringent physical tests that accompany them. Uh, Fuck that. But learning kind of their system with strength training and the Russian kettlebell system um, is worth a little bit of a deep dive into for you. Um, and then just from there, I guess some of the best kettlebells that I've looked at are on rogue. I mean, straight up rogue kettlebells, they have a good finish on them. They're pretty clean um, that way on it has some pretty sick ones. If you want little beast head kettlebells. Dude, we got uh, one of our gra- our graduation gift was a uh, uh, to my preceptor back in Portland. He we got him a what was it uh, Darth Maul or no yeah. Darth Va- a Darth Vader on it kettlebell the seventy five yeah. pounder. Yeah, ironic ironically enough, <laughs> and and it was sick. But no, also, um, if you're looking to buy kettlebells, I know some of the listeners are back in Oregon. Kilo Flex. K K I L O F L E X. That's a local Oregon company. They person to me, I've used, I've used a good amount of everybody's kettlebell, like of, of the style and brands of kettlebells. They had the best feel to me. They okay. have competition, competition handles, relative, like relatively good pricing, but they're a local, like a small company that makes a really good product. So check them out. Kiloflex.com. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, also, hold on before you get away from kettlebells. What do you okay. think about the fat bells? Uh, fat bells, center mass bells. Um, I, I mean, I think they open up a different area. Um, uh, I guess a more... you could do you could do weighted punching with fat bells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just gonna, you, uh, we're look, just gonna ignore look, dude, that one. <laughs> I'm saying this because I've had this conversation with a fighter. Like this was a real conversation that I'm joking about. God. Um, you can do a few more things with them, but ultimately they're the same thing as dumbbells is where I was going to go. But, um, I mean, they're, they're neat. Uh, I think they're, they're, I don't know, kind of cool. You can plant your hands maybe in the ground a little, um, more stable, but play around with them. I think they offer a little bit, but more than anything, great, great to do pushups on. 
they look cool it's more than anything yeah well i mean to be fair my thought process not to spend too much time because this is this is not one of our top fives we are not endorsing those Uh, we're talking about real kettlebells yeah um but fat bells are cool because if you think about like loading and joint centration and having like optimal points to load the hand just like there's a tri a quad pod of the foot not a tripod there's a quad pod of the hand so if, if you have more mass on your quad pod, that's going to allow you increased muscle recruitment in theory. Well, like the, you, the thing is, though, it's, those the, points. It's, it's the same handle. Uh, it's not, it's not like you're getting more uh, surface area onto your hand. It's the same exact handle that would be on a dumbbell in the middle of the center mass bell. But like weight distribution. So if the, if the mass is in the center, that's going to force in my mind. And I, I'm, I'm just theorizing. I've, yeah. I've actually never used them. I just think they're cool. But to me, if you're thinking about like you, if you have more pressure on your quad pod of your foot, the science says you can generate more muscle recruitment all the way up the chain. Yeah. I'm wondering if, if there's more mass on that, that could increase muscle recruitment all the way up the chain. But that's uh, again, theory. I have no idea. That'll be a, uh, a series of 18 different research articles that universities sponsor and um, ultimately mean nothing because it's down to a price point, not that. Well, fuck, I'm on board to do it if uh, Sorenex sends me some, some of the center mass exactly. bells. Exactly. exactly. It's all about <laughs> having cool shit. Um, yeah. We've mentioned a lot of corporate sponsors that for, well, in this podcast, and we don't get paid by any of them. Yeah, I know, right? Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's change that. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, number four. What's number four? This is um, going to make a lot of people cry. Yeah, right. Um, we have to have a conditioning tool on here, right? Because, the, I mean, the sled's not conditioning enough. Um, and then both Austin and I grew up on this in our, uh, in our old school wrestling room. Did all my is, concussion workouts on it. Yeah. Advised or not, um, which is an echo bike or an air bike or an airdyne, um, some type of fan resisted bike. Uh, we we think is a great conditioning modality for your garage and will just make you love to work out there even more. Well, love or hate, but workout is the common and hate. Yeah, yeah. Late, some may say. Shut, shut. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> You're awful. Um, but yeah, so Airdyne bike, I would prefer getting one with a decent screen on it so that you can actually track metrics. Cause mm-hmm. as we talked about, I think the week prior, if I remember correctly, objectifying metrics and having an assessment's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Airdyne bike, it allows you to do a whole bunch of conditioning. You can do like not sport specific, but energy system specific as, as specific as you can go conditioning on there. And the one thing I like about the air bike is that it's, it's a one modality and it's extremely low impact. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times with conditioning, there's a lot of variables. If you're doing it, like think about like a, a squat, if you're doing a squat, uh, all right, there's the form that plays a factor. There's the weight that you add on that weighs a factor. There's all these different things. An air bike, it's literally you and pedals. Most everybody in America knows how to pedal a bike. And all you got to do is go as fast as you can for as long as you can or whatever metric you're going after. It's pretty self-explanatory as opposed to, and why I like the bike over the rower to say, the rower has a very specific form. You got to push the legs, make sure you're not rounding the back too much. The pole is the back quarter. Like there's all these different sequencing on the Aerodyne bike. All you got to do is just pedal and push pedal and push it like i could teach a caveman to do that yeah well, it's definitely the simplest uh, of all of them and i i don't know i think that's it's a fairly established staple in the mma community as well i think that's yeah and one of the, the most poorly used yeah i mean people just <laughs> kill themselves on it like and that's not what we're after either but 
it gives you a strenuous workout and depending on what sets reps work rest ratio that you prescribed um you can just go ham you don't really there again there's not a lot of thought that goes into it it's like it's like okay i better go hard for these 10 seconds or the, this 30 second go or, or whatever it is um within your your garage but if we were in an ideal situation, I'm, I would probably switch it up between the bike, the rower, the skier, and give a few different modalities just to keep, you know, an athlete moving a little bit more freely. But we're talking about, um, kind of minimalist approach with our only five equipments. And if you're putting it in your garage, you're probably not dedicating your whole garage to cardio equipment. So, um, nope, air bike it sounds, is. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, and then the, one of my honorable mentions would be instead of the air bike, having the Versa climber, which oh, is a absolutely. killer, but it's also 10 times the price. <laughs> so that doesn't, that does not make the cut. What was one of our, uh, I say our, but one of Mary's, um, impulse Christmas buys was, we, uh, no, we got no, it was a Thanksgiving buy and I talked her into it. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, but no, we got kind of a knockoff of uh, Versa Climber, and it, it's a hard workout, man. It, it works, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a worthy honorable mention because again, it's relatively simple. You put your hands on the grips, and you put your feet in the pedals, and you go, and it's a a total body stimulus that all every sport is. So, well, and I the the one thing that separates that from the Echo Bike in my mind just the the dns and the patterning person in me is you can switch up on the verse climber between an ipsilateral pattern and a contralateral pattern so right arm right leg versus right arm left leg and and vice versa and you can't it's always going to be contralateral if you're on the echo bike so you can change up how they stabilize in a cardio setting which is crucial at the very top level, but I would say it's a not crucial being able to do that is crucial at a top level but at the same time, implementing that in strength and conditioning may only be a small, um, like a minor benefit. I'm struggling to imagine that in my head. So what do, what do you mean? Explain that more on the Versa Climber. Because when I've been on a Versa Climber, you have to move contralaterally. Like if your handle's coming down, your foot has to go down. No. So they switched. Maybe it's just the newer models that I've been looking. I'm looking to buy one. That's a new one. That's why I have it on my brain. But you can switch up. You can do... So think about your, as, as your right arm goes up, your left arm goes up, or you can do the opposite now. So they've, they have you, they have allowed you to switch the pedals. So like you're climbing. So you can do, that was a stupid demonstration to do when we only published audio. I know. I realized that after my first, (laughs) and I'm just going to go for it. I was climbing. Um, So, so what I'm imagining, and again, I, I don't know that I've ever seen this, but like, so you could ultimately like do a side crunch where your right elbow comes to your left knee and then go to the other side, left elbow to left knee. From my, from my understanding, from the rep that I've talked to, you could do that, but you could also do kind of the more traditional where right arm and right leg both go up at the same time. And then you kind of climb that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But then in my mind too, you know, you could, you could potentially do like both arms down, both feet up at the same time. Um, Yeah. Interesting. I'd be interested to see that or test that out and see how it goes. We just spent a lot of time on honorable mention. You're right. That's uh, probably how you <laughs> felt your whole career, collegiate career, right? That's true. <laughs> that was a burn, y'all. That was good. Um, so, uh, last piece of equipment, our last need. Um, 
coming from the strength coach inside of me, I know we need a heavy strength emphasis. I know we need something that we can tax the neuromuscular system um, and overload it. So we went with a trap bar and, you know, plates um, that kind of are come with it, but a trap bar so that we can train maximally from a strength, from a deadlift. Um, you can do some other type of movements with the trap bar, but honestly, it's going to be the strength stimulus that we're chasing with that one. Yeah. Just with, with as important as trap bar deadlifts and the trap bar leg, uh, I guess exercises are for what I do, how, for how common I program them in, I'm going to look at the trap bar as more of an essential than the barbell, even though the barbell implements the landmine position and it, it, it opens up a huge I guess a huge stimulus and a huge array of exercises. I think the trap bar is always going to have more bang for your buck because of how I would say vital the trap bar deadlift and its variants are on being a well-rounded MMA fighter. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about the biomechanical advantages of trap bar deadlifts over barbell deadlifts before. Um, I think it's a, it's a better modality. Um, and if I'm thinking, versatility you're right that the barbell offers you know more versatility you can do a few more things with the barbell but a trap bar isn't as limited as i think a lot of people think it is um trap bar deadlift penley rows farmer carries um you can even press with a trap bar i've seen that before dude um, i've done i i do actually i do press with a trap bar i press overhead with trap yeah. bar that lights up your shoulder like I, it's it's a weird combination of a rigid position because of the trap bar but and, and obviously being attached to iron but also within the neutral grip so you stay in the neutral grip as you go up it's a weird activation but i really like it right and i, I think again a piece of equipment is as versatile as you're you know creative enough, enough to make it um, I've I, curled with a trap bar, right? I think about, um, what's you just, name? just passed right over that one. I mean, as much <laughs> as I program those, um, you know, at least, at least three out of the four days were curling. Um, why not? Yeah. Give the people what they want. Austin. Um, exactly. Vernon Griffith is who I'm thinking about with his mission explorer and stuff. He does a uh, lot of unique things with trap bars and kettlebells and, uh, rotational movements. Um, so that's a, a good place to go for inspiration if you're running dry with your limited equipment or stuff. But no, I mean, jumps with a trap bar. I mean, I'm kind of blanked on that. Training power out of a trap bar I, jump is... So I, I consider that a deadlift variant to me. Sure, sure. Um, but it's a power stimulus regardless. Um, I, I know, but it starts in the same position. Shrugs as useful as your curls. We can do shrugs with the trap bar. Dude, that's the only way. I sh Actually, I only use the shrug machine at Lifetime. That's the only. That's the only thing I do when I go there. I just lift that up and shrug you, up and you're, down. You're and doing just it wrong. The, you're doing. I get it all wrong. the scapular tilt. You need to go into the the standing calf raise machine, and then you can shrug and calf raise, and those are the two things that really are gonna light you up and make Dude, you a better athlete. You're doing it even worse. You need to do. You need mass on the calves, man. No, well, yes, I have very small caps for people that don't know, but you got to put your hands on the calf raise machine or as some would actually call it, it's going to be your hack squat and you can go put, hold the hands on the top. You squat all the way down. You go up into a calf raise, you do a shrug, and then you push to the sky. I shit you not. I shit you not. have seen this. This is what is this? This is that functional fitness that everybody's talking about. <laughs> what is that? Yes. What I think not. I think naughty actually taught him how to do that. It's it's a functional <laughs> patterns thing. Christ. 
All right. Anyway, trap bar is our number five with the barbell is the honorable mention. Um, I love training with a barbell. Doesn't mean that you have to, but um, you can do a lot with a barbell with a good set of instructions. Um, and our last honorable mention, last piece of equipment that we think we can add value to these things. You can add to the kettlebells. You can add to the trap bar and the weights. You can even add it to the sled for some of those rows that we were talking about is resistance bands or a set of bands that um, can attach to the floor anchor somewhere and give you a an elastic component to your movement loop bands this is another stupid argument that austin and i have <laughs> that he needs to win um they're bands or resistance bands i've in my in my weight room career i've very seldom heard them called loop bands or pull-up bands that's uh not my not my exposure all right folk out there so the actual terminology, which I've looked up, is resistance bands are the ones with the handles or fitness tubing, resistance tubing. And then I think a crossover symmetry when you talk about those. So I just call them crossover symmetry bands. Bro, that's that's like Kleenex versus facial tissue. And crossover symmetry you call is only them like Kleenex. You, you don't, I, I call them Kleenex. I don't call them. Can I have a facial tissue? Well, you've been saying it wrong this whole time. You sound stupid. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> but I do love bands. Seriously, I, I do love bands. I love implementing them. Talk about like a, a, a very pow- powerful stimulus. It's putting a band on our last equipment, the trap bar, and doing trap bar deadlifts and implementing that. It gives you the variable resistance. Um, it, there's so many different power movements. There's so many different additives. You can turn, you want to connect, you want to do, oh, I know, be crazy. Use three pieces of what we just said at once. Attach a band to two kettlebells and then do an overhead press with your trap bar. That's a crazy one, but that'd be pretty nuts. I know it'd be, it'd be goofy, especially because people only bought one, <laughs> one fifteen, one thirty five, and one seventy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hold the 70 pounder between your feet with the 15 banded on one side. And then, you know, I mean, oh God. Um, but but band, bands allow you a lot more options and a lot more differing stimuli that that you can add in. Yeah, and, and you don't even all exclusively have to add them to stuff. Like if you have an anchor, you can do a lot of rows with bands. You can do presses with bands. You can do a lot of rotational and anti-rotational movements in bands. Like they have the, their own value in themselves. Um, so that might be something to add onto the list uh, and just build out your gym as, uh, as you move forward. Um, but one thing I did want to shout out, and I know we've kind of comically shouted out a lot of, um, corporate sponsors or quote unquote corporate, but um, a lot of good equipment manufacturers. But one place that I think is a good reliable place to see reviews and uh, get an actual genuine good picture of the equipment before you make the decision on what brand is Garage Gym Reviews. Um, that guy's on Instagram quite a bit. Uh, Coop, I think is his name, but his website's pretty clean and it gives a good um, good image of what you're getting into when you buy a certain brand of equipment and you can get as into it as a gearhead and kind of strength freak that I am, or you can sit back and say, Hey, what is this med ball value at? Or how does it actually hold up? And you can just Google that on garage gym reviews and see it. So uh, I think that's worth a resource of a shout out. Should you be looking into purchasing your own exercise equipment? Hell yeah. That guy's awesome. By the way. Yeah. He's, he's pretty funny. Oh. That's uh I saw one episode where he was testing crash pads and so crash pads are just foam uh, on the ground. If you drop your barbell that it'll 
catch it and protect the flooring underneath or be more quiet or whatever. And he was dropping these crash pads while his newborn baby was having a nap, a nap upstairs and <laughs> <laughs> just to see if the crash pads wouldn't wake up his kid. Um, and I think that's it, awesome. And uh, that's, dang, yeah. that's dangerous. That's ballsy. I know. Right. Cause he's in for, he's in for a little bit of work if that kid wakes up yeah. <laughs> and a, and a probably a disappointed wife too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Worst part. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so those are our top fives. So as a quick recap, uh, going through, we have our trap bar. We have our echo bike. We have our uh, med balls. We have our kettlebells and come on. No list. Come I know. On, I'm no try- list. I, I know. I'm trying to think without a list. What was number one? You talked sleds. about sleds. sleds. Oh, my favorite. Sleds. The sled. <laughs> Austin has to go do a sled workout now. I have that program tomorrow. Let's go. Let's go with the a West side model. You're going to do 45 minutes with 315 pounds on the sleds and it just can't stop moving. You can move it however you want. Um, we'll see after that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so check those out. If you don't have those snag those, if you want your own home gym um, and if you're a coach, those are going to be those essentials that you could get a pretty high ROI for the least cost possible or the least cost to you. So as always, it's building a fighter. If you guys have any questions, all of our contact info is going to be in the show notes. We actually just secured a URL. So be on the lookout for a website in the future, which is going to be awesome. Um, And then if you want to like, subscribe, share, the more you talk to your friends, the more people we get to talk to. So let us become friends with your friends. Just doing it again. You're on one tonight, man. Of course, dude. I'm ready. Uh, But as always, Dr. Austin Shane, Alex Friedman, and we are out. Uh